What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the main stand. Mitchell, Pat, and Josh here talking soccer. Uh, we had a pretty lively weekend uh, around the world. Not so lively in the Premier League. We had some interesting things going on. Uh, this week, episode three, we're going to kick it off with some transfer topics. And we'll start it off with Pat over here. What do you got on the docket? Oh, yo. So today has been a fucking crazy day in the transfer window so PSG were allowed to bid for Mbappe because or PSG are selling Mbappe so Real Madrid have been allowed to bid for him City might not be getting Kane because Danny Danny Levy is playing hardball and also I guess our only concrete bid was 75 million plus 25 million in add-ons which to me is a little hilarious and then Ronaldo just popped up as a, apparently trying to force a move to Man City. So the transfer window is insane. It's going fucking wild. Um, I don't think Ronaldo's getting going to City, personally. Um, no, he's going to PSG. Pat, how big he... of a slap in the face would that be to Sir Alex Ferguson and Manchester United if Ronaldo... That's the only reason I'd want it, because I think it would make Man United fans furious. I'd hope we remake the Tevez billboard, but we put Ronaldo Dude. on <laughs> At that point, I don't think you and Cam could be friends. We absolutely could be. It'd be so funny. <laughs> you, you think that if he comes to your side of the table. Um, no, I I don't see Ronaldo making a move to the Premier League right now. I know we've had a lot of talk of retirement ceremony in, in the MLS, but he's not there yet. I know the P, the, the son of one of the owners of PSG – tweeted it was either yesterday or today a picture maybe. <laughs> with maybe with ronaldo maybe and yeah tweeted the picture of messi and ronaldo in psg kits and for those who didn't see it initially he was the first one to tweet the picture in uh, of messi in a psg kit so we'll see where that goes i mean if ronaldo is coming to psg mbappe is definitely out um so There's we'll also see. some news on Twitter from a very unreliable, possibly source. 121,000 followers on a blue check mark. Ooh. Their name's in Arabic, so I can't obviously pronounce it. Come on, um, Josh. But they did just tweet um, at 6.05 today, Friday, dot, dot. There will make another offer. Let's see how it goes. Last chance, dot, dot, dot. And he's been tweeting stuff about Ronaldo going to PSG all day. Huh. There's some weird stuff going on at the end of this transfer window. I I feel like if if Ronaldo also goes on the move, the summer 2021 transfer window in the world of soccer is is going to have a, a place in the history books. Oh yeah, it's been absurd. It's been so much. It's fun. already been absurd to this point, but like just the the crazy outland. And I and I like we get our stands sending out hot takes for transfer news, but when we're having it on a consistent basis throughout the summer, these wild simulation moves that are going on, it's just it creates such a weird dynamic. And I feel like it just drives way more interest into the game. People are on the edge of their seats watching, listening, reading. Where's Messi going? Where's Ronaldo going? And it just gets so many people talking. Yeah, it's, it's dope. It's dope. I had a lot of people 
just on the messy thing, I had a lot of people that like don't really watch soccer that I am friends with, like reaching out to me being like, dude, do you see that Messi left Barca? And I was like, yeah, dude, I actually follow the sport. <laughs> Did you not know that? Do you not know who I am? Yeah, it's just been wild. I mean, there have been like tiny transfers too. Like uh, fucking Ligue 1 has both Messi's now, the Alpine Messi and the real one. Yeah, uh, today, or was it yesterday? yesterday. Late yesterday. Uh, Shakiri solidifying his move to Lyon on a permanent transfer. Um, it was a very small deal, wasn't it? It was like nine million. Nine mil, yeah. I was I was thinking sub ten, like seven. Very sad day some... for Liverpool fans to not only say goodbye to the Alpine Messi, um, the Power Cube, um, Mr. Big Cavs, but we also were rumored to be in with Mbappe as the only English club maybe bidding on him. And Fabrizio Romano absolutely killed that rumor about three o'clock this afternoon. Um, so it's been a fun twenty hours to be a Liverpool fan in the transfer window. Um, certainly has just depression one out for you big man all around so, uh, I think um, the, the only other real like rumors that popped up today was saul like we all kind of knew he was leaving athletic had been kind of wanting to ship him out for a while there was rumors at the beginning of the transfer window about him coming to city but uh probably chelsea or united what do you guys think where do you think he's going i think both united and chelsea could use a dm but United's been linked more with Camavinga recently. So I do see Saul going to Chelsea, Camavinga then going to United. Uh, that's how I see it kind of playing out. Liverpool is also linked with Saul. I feel like he's been linked with half Everyone. of the big English clubs this summer. And to be fair, he's been a bit shit in the past 18 months. So I, it's not one that really concerns me. Uh, we have Fabinho, so it doesn't concern me as a fan at Liverpool. Um, but I do see him going to Chelsea just because of uh, the money he's probably going to request being 26 years old, where I think Camavinga will probably go to United. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. Uh, so that's pretty much all we've got for the, the spotty transfer fun. Um, weird day. Weird weird couple of yeah, days. Dude, it's been interesting as fuck. I've been enjoying it. Uh, you guys want to talk about this weekend? So, uh, you know, get into yes, the action sir. that happened over the weekend. It was a pretty so, dull weekend in the Premier League, all things considered. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of, like, pretty standard results. Like, Tottenham squeaked by Wolves. City beat the fucking shit out of Norwich. Like, Breaks gone. The 9 a.m. window on Saturday was a weird one. There was, like, four just really obscure games. I think that was when... Uh, City and Norwich played. You had Brentford, Palace, just some weird matchups. It's funny you saying 9 a.m. because it's 10 a.m. over here. Fair enough. Different <laughs> time zones. It's, it's funny. <laughs> Shout out different parts of the country. Hola, Minnesota. Uh, so, uh, I'm still in Maine. We got to stay on brand. <laughs> one game that was very fun, though, was Madrid Levante. Uh, 3 3 draw, six bookings, and there was a red card. That game was a blast. Um, I don't think Madrid can defend at all, but really good time to watch. Just like fun. It was pretty end to end. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching that game. Uh, Benzema bagged a brace. Um, So I'm going to pose a question to the group. With Messi no longer in La Liga, is Benzema the best player in that league now? Luis Suarez. 
I, 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 maybe. Yeah, I guess you can make a case for Suarez, too. I just feel like I want to say he's kind of past it, but, like, he just won a title with Atleti and was their mm. top scorer, so he's not really, like, past it. But I just don't think – I think Benzema's a little better overall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's fair. I, I think Suarez missed a couple games even last year, uh, and he was pretty impactful. You know, I think he made a huge difference at Atletico when he arrived. Obviously, mm-hmm. he won a title in his first year. I would probably argue Suarez. I'm a, probably a bit biased, um, but I think Benzema is really class. There's a lot of people that, you know, aren't Benzema fans. I think he's a, you know, world-class scorer and he's proved that you know, through the past decade. So seeing him score really isn't that surprising, especially to start the season with fresh legs. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, I had a couple questions in this one, actually, just based on Madrid's defense. I know they uh, played pretty well in the first week. I think they only allowed one to Alaves. Um, obviously allowing three in this game. They're playing Eder Militao in the middle of defense. And I know having watched Madrid quite a um, quite a bit against Liverpool last year in those two legs, watching him uh, as he transitioned from Porto to Real Madrid, do you think he's a bit overrated? And he, is he the center back that's really going to lead Real Madrid into the future? Or is he just kind of playing the part of it right now? I, I He definitely feels like a, like a bit part, not a bit part player, but like uh, he's filling the role mm-hmm. right now. I think Madrid's concern is obviously like getting in that, that Galacticos quality attacker that you think of Real Madrid always having. And, you know, the money's being focused on Mbappe right now. But I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see a serious overhaul in uh in the middle of defense i i could even see is is david alaba did he start for them i, I don't yeah, remember he played at left back okay i mean he played center back for byron for a while i feel like that's a, an option if their center backs just don't cut it anymore slot him into the middle with with someone a little bit better but no i i think i do agree with you josh i think i think he might be a little overrated yeah, because I watched him at, I mean, Liverpool played Porto, I think, two years back-to-back, so we got to watch him uh, quite a few times. Obviously, you know, Portugal games uh, in Liga Nos aren't that available to watch, but he looked class a couple years ago. So seeing him at Madrid kind of struggle in the first couple years uh, is a little bit concerning just because of how young he is. You would kind of expect him to just fit right into that role and do really well. So that's where kind of where I was coming on that one, and um Vinicius Jr. also came off the bench in this one and, and scored a goal um and he's an interesting one too because I I feel like he should be starting for Madrid um mm-hmm. every week I know he kind of gets bantered a little bit on social media but to me this Madrid team just looks a little bit dry a little bit old it's been the same team for quite a, a while, while. A while. so I think it's important to kind of rotate through those new guys in there and while Vinicius is just a lot of show and dribble. I think he adds a different element to that team they haven't really had in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Keeping him in that starting 11, I know you have to bring other people in, but there has to be some rotation or it's going to be the same thing we saw last year in the league and Atletico are going to run away with it, in my opinion. And I yeah, think I, when, I, you, when, you ta- when you take away those two huge pieces in the middle of the, the, the back line, I mean, Ramos is, is just one of the one of, if not the best defenders to do it. And Varan going away as well, just kind of bye. Um, it, it, I think the task at hand is trying to figure out how to use what you've been growing with Vinicius and, and tuning the team marginally as you go forward with those key veteran pieces that you have up front 
to allow the younger talents to to kind of flourish because it has been the same old same old from from them for what four years now five years so yeah right with bail back in the side (laughs) you're looking at six (laughs) or seven true so so i think it's going to be interesting to see how they close this window out if they do go out and make make a big uh, ticket move for Mbappe, or if they, they play it out until the winter, see where those new center back fill-ins shake out, see if there's any extra tools that become available in the winter time and, and move on from there. I, I mean, they're definitely still going to be a top three club in La Liga, um, but they'd need to figure out those kinks with mm-hmm. the missing pieces for sure. hundred percent. Um, so moving away from Real Madrid and going to the other club that Ronaldo played for, um, Juventus, 2-2 draw with Udinese and a Ronaldo last minute winner chalked offsides or chalked out for a toenail offsides. Thoughts, opinions. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I, I was talking to Mitch uh, before we got on the air. I couldn't have been arsed to watch this one. I, I think I was watching a Premier League game. So, Mitch, you I, can go ahead and I think that thoughts. speaks volumes to to a 2-2 draw with with Juve and Udinese. Like it's a it's a club that is m- middle of the table at best most years. Um Ronaldo doing Ronaldo things, bagging a late last minute winner. Should Hufe even have been in that position, needing a last minute winner in a draw with a mid table club? I don't, I don't think so. Was it a big enough moment for Ronaldo to go and and pick up the yellow card? I, I don't think so, but it it reminded me a lot of the Premier League last year. VAR toenail offsides when they said they're coming out with thicker lines and letting them play. It was, it's just a, it was a mess of an ending to that game. It was an absolute mess. I like the hilarity that is VAR hurting other people's feelings because it hurt my feelings immensely. Um, (laughs) While we're on the topic of Syria, we are a Fiorentina podcast now. I just want to bring another rumor up going back to the transfer news that they put a bit in for Lucas Torreira of Arsenal, uh, about $15 million, pretty big transfer for them. Mitch, what gonna, do you think, think of that? I think that elevates them to an easy, easy seventh or eighth place this year. Yeah. Very we'll excited see. to watch. We'll see. We'll uh, see. You Mr. know, I, I, I did, I did go and watch that game. I did watch <laughs> Roma Fiorentina and Tammy Abraham balled out. He had two assists. Mm-hmm. Roma won three one. Like it was all in all a really good game. Uh, Fiorentina, I th- I think could have easily bagged a- an extra goal. Uh, made it a three two game. They they played well. They played really well. And I think uh, a signing like that just propels them to to the upper echelon of what they can do this year. Who's the kid from Fiorentina? I'm sorry, you both talked at the same time. It's the the striker, right? The big Croatian one, Dusan Vlahovic or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. been linked like everywhere. He had like 22 last season, I think. 
That's exactly that's what I was gonna ask you. Yes. That was what I was saying too. No, it was a it was a fun game, and I I mean I think it's a good fit for Tammy Abraham playing under Jose again, um, and I mean he looked class. He fit right into the squad. Mkhitaryan uh, converted the first goal. I mean Roma Roma looked a good side. Fiorentina put on a good showing. It was a good three one game uh, to to the bad guys. Pain, immense immense pain. What's- Forza Fiorentina. Want to talk pain? How about the fact that Bayern are going to win the Bundesliga again? It's the biggest farmers league of them all. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> it really is. Dortmund got Dortmund lost to Freiburg. They just it looked so meh. Like this is the definition of meh. I, I think it just makes it easier for Holland to to haul ass out of there. Yeah, he's gone. Is the front summer. part of Dortmund too young? Like the front five of Dortmund, I think most of them are under 24. There's like, I don't know if it's a lack of experience or, I mean, the backside's kind of exactly the opposite. It seems like there's a little bit too much. I mean, I know the players aren't super old, but it's like a kind of an old dusted side that they've been just kind of rotating for the past like three or four years. What do you think's actually going wrong at Dortmund? Like what can they do to improve this team? Because they have a lot of good, young, exciting players. I think the problem is they don't ever hold on to those good, young, exciting players. They're just like one of those clubs that a lot of the times is bringing talent in and they're selling it on a few years later. They don't ever really have time to let a a cohesive spine of a team ever really get put together. They are a glorified German Southampton. Oh, you beat me to it. If Southampton was in the same league as Man City and like 18 championship teams. Yeah, right. <laughs> Close. I mean, they should just get relegated and then push for third. Malin started in this one too. He's a one I'm excited to watch in the Bundesliga this year, uh, but he, he got subbed off. Didn't really make that much of an impact. So kind of disappointing. Just sounds like the entire squad in a nutshell. Um you guys want to head over to England now? Yes, sir. There's a couple back. of things we can talk about over there. Um, I feel like I've been talking a lot, so I'll let you guys talk about United Southampton. So, yeah, United Southampton. Um, draw 1-1. Che Adams leveled it up, uh, put Harry Maguire on his arse. That was pretty funny. Um, love to see United dropping points early. I had Southampton staying up. I know, Pat, you have Southampton going down this year. They're going down. They're finishing in 18. Yeah. No. Damn it. Their manager's too good to, to go down. Hassan who will, will organize them. They have some good young players. Uh, I have faith in Southampton. The draw against United, uh, you know, shows that they're a pretty decent side. They lost to them, what, 9-1 last year? So, <laughs> definitely an should, improvement on the reverse fixture. Should they have had that goal? Was that a foul on Bruno? No. Diver. I think it's more of the same from last year. I think that one that's kind of more of the same from what we saw last year at a, at a Bruno um, and other controversial calls. Um, it was the, the Lester Lester game. Um, we had a 40th minute red card that was initially played on um, VAR took a second look. And I don't know if, I don't know if Lester necessarily goes on to win that game, but I think it makes it harder for West Ham to put in four. 
But Antonio looked unbelievable. He's oozing confidence. Fornals is is playing extremely well. What's yeah, up I, said it in the, I said it in the first or second episode uh, that West Ham are just class all around the pitch, and that just rings true. I mean, they're going to get Zuma from Chelsea, it looks like. They're going to have a, a solid back line. Their attack, I mean, they scored the most goals in the Premier League, eight and two games. And uh, like you said, Antonio's oozing confidence right now. That flick he had for his last goal with the tap-in on his left foot, I mean, not many strikers in the world can do that. And now he's West Ham's highest-scoring um, Premier League player as well. So West Ham looked to be on the right track. And with David Moyes leading the charge, uh, I kind of favor him to get top six. I I think they're going to be a dangerous club in, in a, in a few years. I really do. Um, they've always kind of lingered as one of those clubs at the top six can, can drop a game to drop some points to, and it always ends up being one of those games that you kind of need to be on it for. Um, but they're making moves They're They're running on all cylinders right now. And, and to start the year as hot as they have, um, it just, I think it bodes really well for them. Moyes is doing a good, a good job on that side. Uh, and, and they're attacking and midfield right now is, is just playing with, with reckless abandon. You know, they, yeah, they yeah. have nothing to lose and like they're to, showing that. We, we like to banter David Moyes a lot. I feel like for his time at United, but um, let's just uh, remember that that, that West Ham side was pegged for relegation last year. A lot of yes, people they were. were saying they were getting relegated and he came in and really turned that squad around. So I think a credit lot of Moyes. David goes to David Moyes there in all honesty. It's not an easy place to manage either, to be fair. I mean, you're talking loyal fans, like diehard people. It's not Bournemouth or, or Brighton. It, West Ham has a, a culture of football heritage and to come in and do as well as he has done is uh, the impressive thing for me. And they blow bubbles, which is fucking sick. <laughs> okay, Pat. More bubble talk next week. Um, um, do you guys want to actually talk about Chelsea Arsenal, or can we just chalk it up to Arsenal fucking stink and Arteta's Arsenal's back? shit? Yeah, I, I give Arteta like three more weeks at this point. I mean, like, if he gets the shit kicked out of him next week by City, he might be gone. Their next it's, like four matches are City, West Brom. Tottenham and Brighton. How many points are they getting out of that? One, four, maybe four, four, maybe. It's bad um, for Arteta. It's not looking good for him. Uh, you have fans it, greeting him outside the ground. Uh, Arsenal fans are obviously some of the more uh, not vile, toxic fans on the internet, I guess, in terms of pushing managers out when they think they're can over. Go, we can go both ways. They're like leading figure for for fan TV is a, a grown man that screams at the television on camera for 45 minutes. I, I think the next four weeks, Arsenal fans are expecting 12. They should be happy with, with nine. And four and they're going to like it. Maybe. And they're going to get four. I, I really think four, maybe six. If they end up, end up splitting, you know, two extra games. The problem but with Arsenal right now is they have so much dead weight and they're re-signing players that shouldn't be at the club. Xhaka, they have nothing to sit on. <laughs> the Xhaka replacement was Xhaka. <laughs> yeah. 
And they finally got Willian out, and I appreciate that. Willian's been detrimental to the club in the last year. He's liking posts to Chelsea beating Arsenal. I mean, to, when you have <laughs> players like that in your locker room, you're just set for destruction. And when you have guys like him, Xhaka, and even the guys you're giving extensions to, Rob Holding they gave an extension to last year, was awful. Pablo Mari they spent $12 million to get, awful. Lukaku bullied him for 90 minutes with his back to goal, just had him on a string the entire game. Mm-hmm. How can you fill your team up? And it's not like Arteta hasn't been backed. A lot of these are Arteta signings, not the ones I mentioned, but there's a lot of players in that core Arsenal group that are Arteta signings. He spent well over a hundred, 150 million, I believe I saw. So it's not like he hasn't been backed at all. Uh, it just seems like there's no clear direction from him. I, th- I think he's going to be the first guy to get the sack. Yeah. It feels, it feels like his time is coming and it, yeah, it's just a matter of time before he's unfortunately shown the door should have known his place and stayed as Manchester city's assistant manager. He would never be in this mess if he was just in charge of our set pieces. Um, so, I mean, Arsenal, what a fall from grace over the last couple of years. Yeah, honestly, it is kind of sad to see a club like that fall this low. I really do hope that something changes and they can get back get back to something. But, like, at the same time, man, it's like the guard has to change at some point. Teams get bad. Yes. Teams get good. Maybe Arsenal are the Leeds United in the next five, six years. It's I mean, very reminiscent of Liverpool in the mid or early 2010s and yes. uh, that period also right after when Suarez and Gerrard left it's your fans don't realize where you're actually at and Liverpool was way off it back then and Arsenal are way off it right now you know they're three or four years away from Champions League football that's the bottom line they're they're shooting for probably I would say I know I had them in my top six which is not looking good for me um <laughs> I after the first two games, I have them probably six to 12, anywhere in that range. And they should be happy with that if they get that. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. Um, I think we kind of ended up starting the preview without starting the preview segment, but I I don't really even even know if we need to say that much about, about city arsenal. I think it's uh, unless arsenal come out and shock the world, I think it's done and dusted that this team is going to get the brakes beaten off them over the weekend. Yeah. I guess the only question here is rotation for Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Aubameyang is probably going to come in. They've been starting Martinelli the past couple games. So it, with Aubameyang in, I mean, that, I get he hasn't been on form, but he's still Aubameyang. He's still a yeah. very threatening yep. striker. Uh, ben White wasn't in the team last week so he'll probably come in and you might want to start asking i know leno made a couple good saves i didn't mention that in the arsenal review but you have to decide if you want to put him or ramsdale in maybe ramsdale can give you a better chance maybe he won't but ultimately it's going to come down to rotation i still don't think the tactics are going to be good enough to even come close to guardiola yeah unfortunately i think that's uh that's the the sad sad truth um I have one game that I didn't put in the show notes that I do just want to quickly touch on uh, before we let you two take the reins for the Liverpool-Chelsea preview. Um, Wolves-Man United on Sunday. 
I know Wolves haven't won a game yet, so maybe it's not like as big of a deal as I want to make it, but they looked really, really bright against Tottenham. They like Tottenham really just barely squeaked by them. I think they've been playing good ball and they're due for a result. And this United team just dropped points to Southampton and they beat, they, they, they dropped those points because Southampton were playing a really defensive game, kind of similar to the way that Wolves are going to play against them. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Wolves can sneak a result, uh, maybe pick up their first points of the season. That will be a game I have my eye on on Sunday. I think another good game to kind of keep an eye on would be, probably be the the Saturday 10 a.m. game between West Ham and Crystal Palace. I think it's just going to be a, a, a classic football match. It's going to be well-balanced. Nice it's going to be Derby. aggressive. Um, I think that's well, going to be balanced. Another. I think West Ham's going to win that game easy. I, I, I think Crystal Palace has enough to hold them back a little bit more than, um, you know, we've seen this year. I think they'll, I think this will be their, really first test um and with antonio kind of breaking that um that record i think you know it's going to be a, a a personal test for a lot of the guys that have been doing the work this year it's mm-hmm. it's what do you have to play for your week three early in the season you've you've established your your spot atop the league uh on goal differential at this point how long are you going to maintain that go out and show it against a, a team like crystal palace mm-hmm. um and then we got liverpool chelsea josh and i talked a little bit about this after last week's game and i think the substitutions for liverpool spoke a lot to what the team we're going to see this week um all things considered, if Fabinho is back from bereavement leave, I think we do see him in the side. But Josh, what other pieces do you see around that midfield based on what we saw this past week? So it has to be Jordan Henderson and Tiago. Uh, Henderson started the last match. Tiago came in off the bench. Um, going against Chelsea, you're going against a really tough midfield. If anything that stands out from their team, it's how good their midfield is, how creative, but also um, – they kind of hit all the parts a really great midfield should. They have balance. Um, so with the likes of Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic, and Mount, whatever uh, trio they end up really going with, unless Mount kind of plays in a more advanced role, um, you need something industrious. And Klopp's known for a midfield that's industrious. He's known for putting those out. And the midfield with the players Liverpool have right now, uh, those three are Thiago, Henderson, Fabinho. Uh, you're going to put Fabinho in the six. He's the, the first choice six every single time. So if he's available, he's playing. That's just, that's a certain, uh, I think we kind of hurt without Fabinho against Burnley without him sitting above Virgil and Matip, a lot more balls come into them. So Fabinho's a definite in the six, uh, Henderson will kind of link the play. And I think Tiago is going to be the one to, to get forward and break that Chelsea defense down. Absolutely. I, I just don't think uh, Nabby Ladd is, is the man to do it here. He's kind of looked off the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's definitely had some flashes, but I think he's he's just kind of lost out there right now. Um, I think he's just holding up play too much. He's, he's being a little too creative right now. Um, and I mentioned this with, with you. If Robbo is healthy, which he is, he's had – 
Uh, he'll be on what a week and a half, two weeks of full training since his ankle injury. Um, but Simkes has, has looked unbelievable for, for at least the first 45, at least 45 minutes. So do we see Simkes get the start and Robbo come on as a sub depending on how things go, or do we outright just give the start to Robbo and have our fantastic four at the back um, against, you know, what is one of the best teams in the league right now? And mm-hmm. especially after Lukaku made his debut this past weekend. Yeah. I love Andy Robertson. I want to make that hundred percent clear. He is Liverpool's first choice left back and he's one of the best left backs in the world, undoubtedly, but you cannot drop Costa Simikas after the two games he's had to start the year. And if you do drop him, you're pretty much telling him that no matter what, you know, Robertson's going to start over you for every single game. And the way he's played the first two games, he doesn't deserve that. He's played really well, not only in defense, but also uh, putting balls in and getting in that attack too. Exactly what he's a, he's a model of the type of player Andy Robertson is. Um. He did tire out the first two games, though, so I could see him playing 60, 70 minutes, and then you bring Andy Robertson on off the bench, and what a substitution that is. I'm really excited for Costas, and you saw it at the end of that game where he he keeps the ball in the middle of his legs and falls down and kind of keeps running with it, that he just has that grit that is Liverpool, and I think it's time for fans to just trust him, and I know throwing him in against Chelsea is a big game, but I think he's shown he's ready for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm all I'm seeing these last two weeks is is Andy Robertson two, three years ago. You know, just he's he's running, he's a ball hawk, you know, he's running full tilt the entire time he's out there. So I think I think he's um he's somebody to to see if he pops up in the team sheet this weekend. And then and then the center back pairing is a little weird as well. Um, I, I think Virgil is an automatic start, but his pairing mate, his, his line mate, who do we, who do we throw in as the other center back here? Uh, yeah, I, I go with Joel Montip. We talked about this a little bit before because the, the argument is Gomez because of pace because of Lukaku uh, Montip just shows so much control and, I think he gives balance because Virgil does have pace. It'd be different if uh, our first choice center back was a little bit slower, but where Virgil has pace, I might go with Matip. I know you might favor Gomez. I do favor Gomez here. Um, and I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think we start Kanate. I think we may see him as a sub depending how the game shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see for sure. I think I think Liverpool are going to uh, probably end up splitting points here as much as I don't want to say that. I think it's mm-hmm. going to end up, you know, two, two, three, three. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a gritty back and forth. game. Yeah, I think sure. I have two one Liverpool. I think it'll be a narrow scoreline. Uh, and we're not trying to talk your off about Liverpool. I know me and Mitch are Liverpool fans, but this is, I don't think we can stress. I mean, Pat, you know, this um, in a premier league season like this, where you have three really competitive teams, those six matches are uber important. You saw it oh, in the past few years huge. with yeah. Liverpool city. Those matches are huge. And it sucks that we get it in the first three weeks of the season, this mm-hmm. huge match between Liverpool, Chelsea, that should be played on boxing day or so, some really important day halfway through the season. Instead, yeah, no, we but get instead it, you get a week three. 
exactly. Yeah. And it, it, that's kind of deflating, but it's it's one of the biggest games of the season that could shape a lot down the road. Yeah. Um, final game, just to touch on super, super quick. It's not it's not going to be one I think we need to, to go in depth with at all. I think it's just something to uh, for everyone to keep on their radar this weekend. Uh, Reem and PSG. I think I butchered the pronunciation of, of that French team's name, and I'm really sorry if there's any fans to that club out there. Uh, but Messi is expected to make his debut for PSG, yep. so we're gonna, we're gonna get our first glimpse at Messi and Neymar playing together again for the first time in a long time. Uh, he's expected to come off the bench. That's what uh, Lee Equip was saying, but. I will be tuning into that game because, as I said in episode zero, I'm an unapologetic, unapologetic Lionel Messi stan. As will the 20 million new PSG fans around the world. Hell yeah, that's me, brother. <laughs> I might even order some Uber Eats for that game. We'll see. As you should. As you should. <laughs> fund, fund Messi's paycheck, you know? Uh, so uh, up next year, we got a new segment that we're going to be starting, you know, going into every so often. Um I had to have it explained to me by Josh, so I will let Josh do the explaining for yeah, this segment. So, so basically every week, every other week, we're going to do this uh, segment, Top Lad and the Hair Dryer of the Week. Essentially, we're going to go through, pick our top lad, someone who we thought performed well, and it doesn't have to be a person. It could be uh, something, concept, object, whatever you want it to be. Um and then the hair dryer of the week. So hair dryer, we're trying to kind of bring in some English ling- lingo into the pod and get you guys kind of acclimated to some of that stuff. Hair dryer treatment was made popular by uh, Sir Alex Ferguson at Man United. Basically, when you're yelling at someone so hard, uh, it's basically like a hair dryer. Um, so someone that did poorly, same kind of concept as Top Lad. Uh, it's going to be kind of a fun segment, something to get us a little bit away from just the regular preview review stuff. So, Pat, why don't you go ahead and give us your first ever top lad of the week? Hell yeah. My top lad. So, big shout out to this guy. My top lad is the Marseille physio who fucking laid out that Nice fan that was rushing the field trying to get at their players. Uh, So, if you guys don't know, OGC Nice and Marseille played a game over the weekend that got abandoned because a fan threw a bottle at Dimitri Pyatt and Pyatt picked it up and fucking threw it back at him. And it started a brawl where the Nice fans rushed the field. And if you find the clip of this, you'll see kind of like, like heavier set Marseille physio coming out on the pitch. And this Nice fan kind of like sneak not sneaks around, but he's like away from the crowd a little bit. And he's like, coming towards the Marseille players and this physio just squares him up real quick, punches him in the face and then just like backpedals a little bit. And then he is like the shot heard around the world. He throws that punch and shit just goes down. So it was the most like we boxing punch of all time. It was like the most short arm jab with so much power behind it. It was so sick. That's my top lad. No one's getting at his players in that fight. Not if he has anything to say about it. And my hair dryer is in, in a very similar vein. It's all the Nice fans. Uh, get a fucking grip, all right? Get a grip. You can't throw 
a bottle of who knows what at a grown man and not expect him to get angry. I'd throw it back too if I was Pyatt. That's a it's a tough one when fans like get that rowdy. I saw Gwen Doozy had like choke marks around his neck. So Gwen Doozy, I think, was at Hertha Berlin last season. It seems like he's always in like one of these things. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in like there was a mob of fans chasing players around, and he was in that too. So now he's fighting uh, fans of, of OGC Nice as well. It was a wild fight. It was like Malice uh, in the Palace esque. It was insane. Oh, it was dope. I, had a, I love it. I, I had a great time watching that. So my top lad of the week, my first ever top lad, it's a serious one. Uh, we're just going Harvey Elliott. Uh, I know I've talked about Liverpool quite a bit on this, on this episode, but uh, Harvey Elliott started this last match for Liverpool against Burnley, 18 years old. Uh, he was like 15 or 16 when he made his first Premier League debut for Fulham. Now he's finally in the Liverpool first team, and he just bossed it. I mean, he would have had an assist to Salah uh, if Salah wasn't offsides, you know, by a marginal distance. Um, and he settled the ball wonderfully on his chest and uh, gave the ball off to Trent for Mane's second goal. Um, he was just all around really good. Um, and my hairdryer of the week is the Arsenal kit man. And I, after doing some Twitter research, I'm not going to – lay out the kit man like this uh you know he does some hard work it's more of arsenal as a club just as an overall club they should get the hair dryer treatment but this year um they're deciding that the i believe the away goal or the home goalie jersey is just the away kit so there's not a different goalie jersey they're just wearing the away kit and it's this neon green shirt and leno just strolls out wearing it it's kind of like a, a puke green uh, and everyone's like, why is Leno wearing the away jersey? And I guess it's not that weird if you're not a fan of the team, but if you know what your goalie is wearing for a goalie shirt and they stroll out wearing the away jersey instead, it just looks bizarre and it makes your club look pretty dumb. <laughs> and it just kind of represents everything going on at Arsenal Football Club right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not nearly as funny as a physio punching a fan in the face, no. but Arsenal is <laughs> at, definitely at my win this week. Um, so for my first top lad, I was going to go Tammy. You know, I think that was pretty, pretty uh, good to see a two assist game, but uh, breaking news within the last two hours, America's sweetheart, Josh Sargent put two goals in the net against Bournemouth in the Carabao cup scoring the brace. And Norwich won six nil. Uh, so the the redheaded American sweetheart Josh Sargent gets my top lad week one. Uh, hair dryer of the week is any Liverpool fan singing uh, shitty songs. Uh, I think Jurgen giving Liverpool fans a hair dryer uh, treatment was great. Uh, put people who are ignorant in their place. Uh, when it comes to saying things that don't include um, everyone, I think uh, I think Liverpool, uh, with a slogan "You'll never walk alone," uh, to have fans chanting some pretty shitty things, uh, it was good of Jurgen to give them the hair dryer treatment. So I'll let him do that uh, for me this week. That's a good one, Mitch. Uh, I don't think many managers in the world uh, get on that stage. Uh, with people in those different organizations and really put that out to the public. So props to Jurgen Klopp for doing that. Um, and that, you know, 
that's not just because I'm a Liverpool fan. It's because it's the right thing to do. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. Coming from a, coming from a rival fan, something you often see underneath tweets. Uh, I agree. That was very cool if you were going to do that. I think football has uh, it's a sport for everyone. Should have no. Yeah. There should be no 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 place for that shit in the game. No matter what it is, there's just, there's just no place for that. It's a uh, one of the most like universally loved sports. It's like the most global sport in the world. It's it's like it's everywhere, man. It's for everyone, it, and it should always be for everyone. Yeah, I do want to – so kind of rounding out the podcast this week, I want to give some results of the hot take from last week. So we did kind of lose the Instagram poll, or I guess I did. We you got did. 10 votes for Sala and 11 for Drogba. So pretty even. And you got our friend Cameron – I gave it, I gave, I had a little banter with your friend. Yeah. I can't wait from our our Instagram account. (laughs) I'm thrilled that that happened the way that it did. I think it ended perfectly. That it was exactly what a hot take should be, which is it makes someone mad. I just can't wait until I get to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we have, does anyone have a hot take for this week? Not, Not for this, this week. week. I'm, we'll let I'm it. We'll let it, it marinate. Yeah, we'll we'll let yours simmer a little bit, and then we'll turn the heat back on in a, in a week or two. We're, we're turning I, that's like, like my favorite segment already. I I think that's gonna. It's just gonna stir some shit up throughout the season, oh, as it should, as it should. All right. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening, and you've listened to our last two episodes, you know what's coming next. If you made it this far in the podcast, I'm gonna give you a kiss. Right on the mouth. Absolutely. Anywhere. No, not anywhere you want it. No, no, no. Take that back right now. Just, just I'll, I'll kiss you on the forehead. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our third episode of The Main Stand. Uh, we drop Friday at midnight, 12 a.m. Uh, East Coast time. And uh, this is your stop for really piss poor uh, hot takes from Josh and uh, Fiorentina content moving forward. Uh, We appreciate you guys so much for uh, taking your time and, and taking a listen to us. Don't forget to subscribe on Fridays and we will see you guys next week. Mwah.